0: there you go hi everyone it's Artie from the human chapters um, before we start our conversation i'll explain what the human chapters is about humans are living narratives with a past present and future these narratives constitute of a number of chapters across the lifespan the aim of these chapters is to highlight one part of their life and unpack its connections to other chapters within that narrative. I don't care whether people are natural storytellers, but I truly do believe each person has a worthy story to tell. An acknowledgement to country. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are. We pay respect to their tribal elders, past and present and emerging we celebrate the continuing culture and we acknowledge the memory of their ancestors. Today, we are going to be talking to a wonderful friend um, of mine whose name's Arjun and um, the chapter is complexities of culture and the birth of dancing queen. I'll get Arjun to introduce himself. Go for it, Arjun.
1: Thank you, Arati. So my name's Arjun and people call me Arj um, sometimes just because of the challenge of pronouncing the name. So I'm actually based in Melbourne, Victoria. um, And I've been in Melbourne for about 10 years and I originally come from Kenya. So Arty and I actually share the same uh, sort of background. Uh, And I'm pretty much going to be talking about one of the main chapters of my life, which continues to evolve as I morph and grow, which is going to be about the cultural complexity that I am born into being the Indian culture, but what it has been like a gay male into that culture. Uh, But the other side of it is what it has been also like been as a mental health nurse in an Indian community and the complexities that have come with it as a challenge and barriers that I've had to face and uh, the birth of Dancing Queen and how it's actually come through. Beautiful. So
0: Aj, take us through your journey of from when you discovered your identity as a gay male and what the unfolding has actually been like given the deep complexities of our culture.
1: Sure, so uh, before I actually go into the chapter itself, so this is actually going to be a follow up to something that I did in the human book club in September last year. And it's probably going to be something to explore more about myself and in touch base on. And I'd also like to say that, yes, my chapter, as much as it is a living chapter, it might remind other people of what they have gone through and are going through. And I do apologize if this brings memories that you didn't want it to, or are still learning about your own self in that manner. Uh, And I do respect everyone's choice and you trying to actually create your own identity in that self. So uh, talking about my own journey in what it has like, what it has been like, so for me, the journey actually started when I was about 12 or 13 years of age. And it pretty much started when I was um, going through adolescence um, into teenage sort of years. And the first time it sort of happened was when I was into swimming through primary school. And how it usually started for me was when we're into the change rooms, getting changed into the swimwear sort of a thing. So I'd often be staring out at boys, um, point blankly, both in the change rooms and out in the swimming pool. Obviously, at that point, I didn't really know what it meant. Um And I was trying to understand it and not really having someone to talk about and what it really meant had its own challenges. And as I grew into an adult, um, I still didn't understand it. When I went into high school, I had a crush on one of my best friends and Till today, he still doesn't know that that happened, but I talked about it with another friend about it, but not too sure that he understood what I was actually going through, but he gave me a listening ear, gave me a different perspective as to what I was going through. But I think um, reflecting back on that journey now, it was also the stigma of being judged within an Indian community as I actually went to a private school that was full of um, Asians to be, uh, to say, and where you actually have that mentality that you can't speak about same sex, couples or any relationships of that matter or even mental health as per se to speak about it was a no-no and people would often judge or things like that and that's still in today's reality that still happens which is unfortunate Um, and I guess with people being more aware with how and how people actually can change other people's views and how society can actually be more accepting and more forgiving Mm. could be a way forward in how that could potentially be changed but as I migrated to Australia. I moved to Adelaide and um, being in a new country at that point I hadn't really explored my sexuality and still hadn't understood what it meant for me so all the new friends that I made had suggested that yeah let's go out to a strip club whatever and I kept saying no and then some of the friends actually suggested, let's go to a gay bar. Again, I said no because one of the friends was unsure about himself and it was a good way to explore his own sexual- sexuality better, I think. It was the fear of being judged and being rejected into a new society, a new community. And for the fact that I didn't really understand my own sexuality Mm. at that point in time. A few years later on, I actually moved to Melbourne and and that was when I was about 23 or 24. That's when I actually explored my sexuality with a guy for the first time. Mm. And that was also when I sort of, Decided to pursue that pathway for myself and understood what it was for me. Uh, I didn't really fully accept myself as a gay male until many years after, because I was still battling the whole societal expectation, expectation from family, and even though yes, I understood what it meant being a gay male, but it was behind closed doors sort of a thing, and my identity was very much hidden. And every time I went back to Kenya and the topic came up, I seen someone, can we introduce you to a girl? And etc. And I kept deflecting that whole question. Uh, much later on I'm like you know I'm actually not ready for a commitment sort of a thing and I was still trying to avoid the whole notion of settling down or actually coming out to my family who I was actually fearful of being rejected and being abandoned and all that and the mental pressure and mental stigma that went with it, with society not accepting myself and the family and the pressure that it would have put on the family itself for being uh, different from the rest of the society in terms of actually having an attraction for men as opposed to uh, females or in that sort of a relationship eventually i did come out to my family and that happened in 2017 so that was not the easiest experience and there's never going to be an easy experience for that when it happens and um, Again, the challenges with the Indian societies, it's about how you perceive within the society, within the family, that Mm -hmm. it's not okay to have a same sex partner or a same sex relationship, and the whole societal expectations of actually having a the norms or fitting the norms of um, male getting in a relationship with a female and that's how the relationship integrates and the society sort of functions on that is still a huge barrier with how the society is still accepting or working towards accepting people that are different be it your sexual preference, or be it a disability of some sort, or be it um, mental illness, as say, and it's a shame that within the, and I speak for the Indian community as per se more than others because that's what I am born into and that's what I have experienced. I do not speak of other cultures and I do not disrespect any culture whatsoever in any form. Uh, This is just my experience. But uh, within the Indian society and my experience, there's a lot of close-mindedness and in terms of actually accepting people that are quite different and have different trajectories and that has had its own challenges in trying to work through. Yes, it has affected my own mental health in, in way. Uh, And I've actually put strategies in place and I guess being a, mental health I've learned strategies myself to sort of overcome that. I've had great supports with friends initially that I came through and now most of the family is on board with my preference and they don't really question it um, so much, which is great that I've actually been able to do that and accomplish that. Uh, In terms of what or how the Dancing Queen was born, so that started in high school, and that was pretty much, I guess, when some of my peers sort of saw the feminine side or the queer side of me in high school coming out. Um, And I don't necessarily say that is a bad thing or a negative thing. That is my personality and I can't change that. Um, But... It was also because I used to be able to dance to trance and techno without a drink, and hence Dancing Queen was born. So uh, I started writing poetry about the same time that I was unsure coincidentally about my sexuality, which happened to be around 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. And last year as I was writing more poetry and I actually decided to embrace Dancing Queen in a more positive manner and positive light and that was going to be my identity to actually use that to sign off on any sort of work or poetry that I did in a queer manner and embrace it in that night.
0: Mm.
1: So that, that's that been my journey so far.
0: Okay. Now, I have a heap of questions, of course.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah,
0: that- it would be natural. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, thank you so much for that. I don't even, I can't even imagine what it would have been like for you and therefore um, my questions to follow. But if there are any questions that you're uncomfortable with, please just feel free to decline it and that's perfectly fine. My first question is, what was your personal perception um, of sexuality
1: prior to you exploring yours? So uh, I think that is quite a challenging one for me to sort of give. I don't think there is a black and white answer for it. So before I fully accepted myself as being a gay male, I thought I might be bisexual. Then I was actually in a long-distance relationship with uh, someone of the opposite gender. Mm. But even at that point, I was more inclined and attracted towards guys. So, I'm not really sure how my sexuality or how I understood my sexuality at that point. Um, But Even when I was in the long-distance relationship, I think it was quite evident that I had an affinity more towards men as opposed to females. And then I actually decided to explore my sexuality with men and possibly be bi-curious or if that was even a term at that point or an identity or crisis that I was going through at that point Um, but when I actually explored my sexuality with a guy which happened in Melbourne I think I sort of the God feeling sort of came out and sort of said, yes, no, this is who I am and mm-hmm. this is who I've always been. It's just that I didn't know and I, it took me a while to actually realise who I was. Yeah. And I think reflecting back on that and reflecting back on the bill that's just been passed in Victoria today with conversion therapy. So uh, in terms of the LGBTI community in Victoria, this is actually great news for the community because it means that there is actually formal supports in place because often, again, I refer to Asian culture where... People with limited knowledge will often try or will aim for some sort of a conversion therapy to happen if your child is coming out as either gay and by gay, I refer to the broader term mm-hmm. of the whole LGBTIQA um, complex. Um, and conversion therapy would pretty much aim at, or the intention would be that, yes, um, so if you had to lead different, let's see if we can try and focus on you fitting the norms of society, etc. cetera. And mm-hmm. so I think, um, yes, it is going to, take time in working with this community in particular and educating this community, but um, on the other side of the coin, I think with something like this, and um, it's actually going to give people more power and more freedom and more choice when people are going to be more accepted and more... uh, Yeah, so... um, What... And I guess uh, acknowledging generation gaps too, which have a huge impact in actually trying to understand what people are going through, which can often have negative consequences in trying to accept people that are different mm. or have different sexual preferences, especially within a people of um, different cultural complexities. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, my, yeah. So my other question was, um, and it, this is in relation to societal expectation within the Indian community that um, we're from. Tell us a little bit about, I suppose, the male societal expectation for yourself.
1: So um, I'm gonna rephrase or clarify to understand that I actually We're on the same page. So is it more societal expectations of men in
0: general? Uh, Men in the Indian community.
1: So um, within the Indian community, it is expected that male have the more dominant nature. um, So they're going to be the bread earners, pretty much or... um, Undertaking labour-intensive roles, and um, whereas the females would be pretty much looking after the family and having the family connections, uh, having a bigger role in society, etc. Um, whereas I think, in my opinion, uh, irrespective of whether you are in a same-sex relationship or not the Mm -hmm. roles of what a male and a female can do should be equally shared. And I don't think uh, cooking is a great example where in the Indian community, so men are often not allowed to go into the kitchen and they're shamed upon especially if you have your elders still with you that oh yeah no you can't go into your kitchen it's a a no-no sort of a thing and if you go into the kitchen and if you're actually cooking you're seen as weak and you're not able to look after the family and things like that and it's the whole Expectations that the society has, which can affect someone that is different. So, uh, gay men, for example, do are very passionate about cooking, which is which happens to be one of my passions. So, if I was told, "No, you can't enter the kitchen and you can't cook," I think to me, that would be saying, well, you're taking away my identity from me.
0: But But
1: it's also believing in equality. So if if a female can do that, why can't uh, men do that in the same notion? And it's trying to work with a society that has that expectation and have one set of mind that it has to be done in a particular manner, Mm. but there is a difference. And what do we do about when there is a difference?
0: Yeah. You know, it it blows my mind um, because when it comes to professions of being a chef or a cook, within hospitality i don't i don't know that many people bat an eyelid you know if that's the chosen um occupation yet within everyday sort of households it's a big deal but
1: yeah yeah it's um interesting that you actually make that observation but um and I think I agree with you that we have many chefs that are actually male-orientated, and especially if you look at um, Indian culture or Asian culture, many chefs are males, and it's okay if you doing that in a professional capacity because you're the bread earner, but then you can't do the same thing at home.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's the, it's the bread earning kind of category that it places them under.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. um, which in my opinion, I think is and. To change a society's thinking is going to take time. Mm. Just like accepting people that are different is going to take time.
0: Absolutely. My next question is in relation to mental health. And you mentioned that you didn't have anyone to actually talk to, confide in um, during your childhood, or actually your teenage years. What was the mental health impact on you at that stage?
1: So, for me, I think um, the constant notion of being rejected, the fear, um, the expectations that I may have had on family, and the broader extent on the family that. It would have had, should I even be talking about it? Because, um, and I am sorry to say this, but it's still a reality talking about mental health or if someone is, say, it's easy to accept that when someone has high blood pressure, you will talk about it and say, yes, I've got high blood pressure or you've got cholesterol. But then when it's mental health related, could be as simple as depression, but it's not accepted within the society. And that has its own implications mm-hmm. on people actually going through it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think for my journey, not having that connection and not having those supports in place. Yes, it did affect me. uh, But I guess the protective side was because I didn't really understand my sexuality too much. um, And because I still going through teenage years and actually growing As part of that process, Mm. that in its own probably helped um, because I didn't understand what was going through me at that point.
0: Yeah. And then my second part to that question is, so you moved to Australia for your studies and that's where you um, had an opportunity to actually explore your sexuality at that point what was the mental health impact then in that particular
1: so um when i first moved to australia even though i was thinking and curious about it i never acted it acted on actually exploring it until I moved to Melbourne, so a good five years later is when I pretty much said, "You know what? I'm just going to go with this. I'm going to try it." And uh, because I was in a new place um, and a new society, so the whole fear of actually being rejected but also understanding a new culture entirely had its own implications. Um, And it's about trying to fit into a new society too that I knew nothing about. And South Australia being more conservative than Victoria at that point had its own um, implications. And I guess because I didn't know how to reach out at that point. Um, yes, there were counselors accessible through university and all that. But because I was unsure about my own sexuality and never really explored it, I never pursued it in a more professional Manner to actually have that investigated. Um, and I was actively participating in college recreation sports and university things and activities, and I made friends to actually keep me going through. Yeah. And it was the social connections that I was able to build as part of that process that sort of helped me, even though I was still curious about my own self, I didn't know what it meant for me. Yeah. But being heavily involved in maintaining a lifestyle with university and then outside of university and a balance between the two helped in that sense
0: absolutely that's awesome so, and then my next question is you came out in 2017 you told you 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 told your family that take us through What, like before, when did you actually decide you were going to tell them? And then the lead up to that moment where you actually said, this is what it is.
1: So um, I think it may have been about 2015 possibly or 2016 that I actually decided. Maybe 2015. So I decided to play an April Fool's prank on my parents. Um, And it was pretty much, oh, yeah, what are your thoughts about me dating a guy sort of a thing? And just to gauge how they would actually respond and take. And I played along for a while. It was not well perceived. So then I sort of said, no, hip, happy April Fool's. Um, and the first person in the family that I came out to was my sister. So I'd gone down to visit my sister. Um, we're having drinks, and then she brought the whole topic up about are you seeing anyone or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, casually i might said yeah I've been talking to this guy etc etc and she was very supportive of it and um, and then I came out to more friends and my best friend and all that and then 2017 I'd actually gone back to visit the family we'd gone on a safari and we're having pre-dinner drinks and it was just my parents and I and my dad brought the whole topic up yeah now it's actually time for you to settle down so I didn't have any more ways that I could deflect myself because all this time I'd say that now I want to focus on my studies or now I want to uh, settle down with the house etc etc I didn't have any of that. Uh, So he pretty much said, yeah, no, it's nice. It's time that you settle down, find yourself a nice girl. Um, And that's pretty, maybe I'll go a step back. So before pre-dinner drinks, we were having, so mom and I were having a swim in the afternoon dad was having an afternoon nap and mom pretty much goes yeah are you were seeing anyone along the lines of that um and i said yes i am seeing guy whatever and the whole so she was pretty much going through the whole acceptance thing and Yes, um, it's not okay to be in a same sex relationship, sort of a thing. The whole notion of generational gap was also playing into her mind. And I guess um, societal expectations was probably going through her mind. So that's when I came out to my mom initially. And then fast forward to the pre-dinner drinks and yeah my dad's like it's time to settle down with a girl and i pretty much said that there's going to be no girl in the picture
0: yes.
1: and my dad asked me are you gay and i'm like yes okay so at that point there was pin drop silence and then all three of us decided to go for dinner um Throughout dinner, all three of us didn't really speak, and we were scheduled to go for a safari the next morning. So, uh, mom and I went, and dad was literally a no show. Sure. And I asked mom, Yeah, what's happened? What, uh, yeah, dad hasn't slept, and he's not going to come through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, after the safari, we had had breakfast. Um, I still hadn't seen my dad, um, and then we were getting ready to go to check out and go back towards Nairobi. And through the drive back, within so dad and I didn't really exchange
0: mm.
1: any words, and I was pretty much the gps or navigation system to help him in that sense and those are the only exchanges that we had and that was it and then after dinner all three of us sort of sat down and, and we had a deep talk and the first sort of question that popped through was what about kids? And I'm like, uh, I do want kids, but I'd actually like to adopt
0: Mm. kids
1: as part of the process. And I think what was going through his mind was gene preservation and things like that, which is a societal expectation within the Indian culture to preserve your genes and carry on the legacy of the name etc so if you're a male in the family it is expected that you will have children and continue on the legacy
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and yes we did have difference of opinions in what we actually wanted and uh I had one more week before I was flying out back to back to Australia. And we hardly spoke, and there was a lot of tension in the family that was clearly affecting all of us. And then my sister had to intervene in that sense, like what is going on. Uh, why not you guys speaking sort of a thing. And that point, uh, we started saying hi, hello sort of a thing, but it was very basic. And when I returned to Australia, so mom and I were speaking, but dad and I didn't really speak for probably a good few months. And it would just be the hi, hello sort of a thing nothing in depth and and it took a while to actually be on speaking terms and, and yes, it has affected me because in one aspect coming out to my parents yes, my shoulders definitely felt lighter but I also lost the relationship that I had with my parents and that is unfortunately still a work in progress still today. Mm. So um acceptance because I am different and because I had info myself as a gay male is still challenging. Yeah. So Till date, I am not able to talk about yeah. my partner or things like that, and and I'm like, you know what? So be it. Yeah,
0: that's right. Wow, that yeah, I can. No, I can't even imagine the emotional roller coaster you know from three different parties yourself your parents and just yeah what it would have been like for you guys um what what sort of coping strategies how have you supported yourself through it
1: So I think um, the initial phases were quite hard um, in the sense that, yes, um, coming out of the family had its own challenge and trying to work on that relationship that got impacted because of who I am played up. But uh, on the flip side of it, I think, having a great support of friends um, that I've been connected with and they have accepted me for who I am and it's actually good that the extended family are slowly coming on board with who I am Mm. and... But in terms of how I've actually helped myself, so I think working in mental health, I've sort of learned quite a few skills that I've been able to apply on my own self. And there's been a lot of reflection and a lot of personal growth that has happened and that continues to happen. But... um, some of my passions that I still have is till date I actually played badminton and actually being involved in that community. But I enjoy being in nature and exploring nature, hiking, adventuring, and things like that that have actually helped me and writing poetry is something that I have been doing when I'm quite distressed and I found it quite useful to actually as an avenue to sort of reflect and also get whatever I'm going through out and deal with it. Mm -hmm. But listening to uh, jazz music or classical music has been helping in that process, doing a fair bit of yoga, too. So, um, and then talking to people and engaging in mindfulness activities. So, uh, and then trying to look after myself physically. So, that does involve in actually trying to exercise, trying to sleep, trying to eat well, trying to hydrate and looking after all that. And I guess the passion for working in nursing has helped in that aspect.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, the other thing I was thinking about when you did come out to your family and you've mentioned the generational gap a couple of times um, in this conversation was there a massive difference between coming out to your parents as opposed to your grandparents or the, yeah the likes of your grandparents
1: so unfortunately i didn't have the Opportunity to actually come out to my grandparents because I don't have any living grandparents. Um, So that is the downside of it. But they would have probably come around in their own way of accepting me because... There's a lot of research that has been done with the third generation uh, bond actually being stronger than the second generation. And the love that you actually have for your third generation and the bond that you develop is stronger. So I, I would have liked to believe that they would have found a way to accept me for who I am, yeah. irrespective of, yes, that would have probably had it more challenging than my parents to actually understand what it is for someone to be different with a same-sex mm. preference or something like that. Yeah. I think they would have come around.
0: Sure.
1: But in terms of the generation gap, so being born and brought up in Kenya, like, um, because being gay or being identifying yourself as gay or within the broader community is you're still within closed doors or it's a hidden community purely because um, of the laws within Kenya and the acceptance within the community and the society and the understanding of it. So because the Indian society is not widely exposed to people of same-sex preferences and because the education system has not really exposed that sort of element into it when you're in your primary going to your secondary and all that. So That gap is going to be there in terms of accepting people that are different
0: Mm.
1: naturally if you haven't been exposed to something like that.
0: That's
1: right. So I guess that sort of a generation gap is there. For me, I think being fortunate, uh, coming into Australia where same-sex um preference is more widely accepted now than it was when I first came to Australia is a positive step. And I think, I do hope that Kenya and the Asian society will be accepting and working towards accepting people that are different. I hope so.
0: I truly do hope so. And so for the urgent sitting here today, talking to me, what is embracing your identity like, or what what do you, yeah. Talk us through what it is like today, given that it's been so long regarding the hardships, the challenges, the exploring, the discovery. What, yeah, what does it feel like today?
1: I think today I can definitely um, say that I feel proud and I have accomplished something within myself. Um, so I have my own identity and Dancing Queen, which is there, and that's always going to be me. And um, for the fact that I have actually been more confident with my own sexuality for the fact that I can actually talk about it more openly and help others that are going through this journey and still exploring about themselves. and um, I can confidently say that yes um, There will be others in this process that are still going through what I have gone through and what I would also like to believe in. What doesn't break you you makes you stronger. So yes, I have had to go through these hardships and it has affected me. But on the brighter side, I'm still sitting here and I've been able to reflect on this and I can still say that I have been able to achieve a greater identity compared to when I was two years ago or 10 years ago when I was still unsure about my sexuality and even if i reflected back to last year alone when i did the human book club, when i talked about my sexuality in a public space for the first time to now and um, i can actually talk about it in more confidence yeah that's amazing so just reflecting on all that and being able to accomplish the little wins and the growth that I've had within myself and to create the identity that I have and still it's an evolving process. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Um, Before we do wrap up, Has there been any questions or any points you've wanted to express or state and you haven't been given an opportunity to do so? I haven't asked you a particular question.
1: Uh, I think um, not. I think because it is an area that is always going to have constant growth, and as the saying goes, curiosity kills the cat, hopefully not in this case. (laughs) Hope not. (laughs) Um, Hopefully not, but uh, I would, I cannot think of any comments or questions that I have at the moment, but I am open to doing another lot, should there be questions that do unfold?
0: Sure, absolutely. So, And
1: I, I would like to say thank you to yourself for actually organising this and giving me the opportunity and to all the listeners and the viewers that will actually get around to listening to my chapter and I also acknowledge that, yes, this is not um, a straightforward chapter and it's not an easy chapter that has its own motions, but... um, I do not, the intention of this chapter is not to cause any disrespect to anyone, Mm. any society or any culture or any race. And the intention is not to bring anything that has been earthed to be unearthed. So I do apologize if any of those memories have been resurfaced.
0: Yeah, but, ajin you apologise, but this is your chapter. You, you, like you've lived it and you're living it and this is what it's been for you. And I think it's important to acknowledge that these conversations are about the person and the person's chapter as opposed to generalisations or any of that. Um, Yes, there might be generalizations to some extent when we talked about stereotypes and, you know, society uh, pressures or things like that. But what you went through is very much a part of you. So, yeah.
1: And I do agree with you that yes, it is my own chapter, but given the complexity of the chapter, Mm -hmm. it may bring out trauma in people. Yeah. And no, I. Sort of, so.
0: Yeah. I absolutely understand. And it's, yeah, beautiful to be able to say it. But I, yeah, just in that apology sort of sense to go yeah Um, the final question I had is okay I have three people in mind and two key takeaways for each representative the first representative being a person that's exploring their sexuality the second representative being someone that is um, trying to understand what this is all about and the third representative being the person's friend could you give us a couple of yeah to take one or two takeaways for each representative for people watching this
1: okay so um i am going to try and to all three, but you might have to bring me back to all three. Yeah. So, uh, just to clarify, it is the person going through something like this. Yeah. The person's representative, so like a friend. Yep. Yeah. And the third one was?
0: It could be someone that's understanding what it's like to be in your shoes. So a family member or a, yeah.
1: I had so re, maybe re throw the questions because I think I've got them mixed up.
0: <laughs> that's all right. So just a little bit of, um, So key takeaways as in a bit of advice that for someone in your shoes, someone that's a family member that's trying to understand and a friend that's supportive, but what can they do that might be a little bit more supportive or a little bit, yeah.
1: So I think in terms of um, someone that is going. Someone that is in similar shoes to me is where you've actually gone through the journey yourself and be supportive of other people that are in the process of actually exploring what what they're going through and avoid putting a label on people that are actually going through. In terms of the person that is unsure what they are still going through or um, curious about what they are, I would say you are not going to know until you try it, which is how I knew that yes, I am gay, even though I was thinking about it for many years. Um, But I was not sure until I actually tried that side of me with a guy. So in terms of a family member, trying to understand what it is and how you can support the person that is going through This journey and has been through this journey try to have an open conversation with the person that's actually been through this and uh, what i would also say is yes you're going to have your differences in opinions but And I also understand that you may not understand what a same sex relationship may equate to, etc. But that does not mean that you cannot talk to the person that's going through this because at the end of it, we're still the same person behind it. So, Don't judge us differently just because we're different. Mm -hmm. Try and reach out because the person is trying to reach out in their own way. And in terms of the support person, be it a friend, extended family, what could be beneficial, so everyone is going to be different, um I guess having that open conversation with them and supporting them with what they're actually going through, see what has been helpful for me when I talk about my partner with my best friend is trying to see if they're a good fit for me, etc., and we'd try and have a dinner together and talk about it. So that, and that has been helpful for me. So I think it's trying to identify what is going to work for the person that you're trying to support as a starter, but having that open conversation with your so- support person would be beneficial
0: awesome thank you so very much for that Arjun we'll wrap up here um, I can see this I'm so dark <laughs> which must mean yes it's time to head off but it was so wonderful uh,
1: my name in Indian culture also means
0: white light white light oh <laughs> 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 thank you. Well, how wonderful! No, thank you for taking the time to share your chapter so openly. When I can imagine how difficult it might be, and for any of the viewers that are listening to this, engaging with this chapter, please feel free to share it um, with your friends, with your family. It might provide a bit of understanding. It might provide some education, um, whatever that might be for that person.
1: And um, thank you, Arthi, for this. And if um, someone has a direct question for me that they're not sure, uh, please feel free to either put it in the comments or Pass them on to Ati, and Ati will get them to me, and I'll try and co- coordinate my response back.
0: Beautiful, thank you so much. I'll end.
1: Thank you, Ati.
0: You're welcome.